Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. There seems to be a lot of weeping when you read through the Old Testament prophets. And yet there is a prophet whose name means festive. Literally, his name means celebration. And there is a celebration in the book. We've come to it now in our journey through Scripture. We've come to the little book of Haggai. What was there to celebrate in Haggai's life and ministry? He was one of the few prophets who actually saw the fruit of his ministry. He's been called the successful prophet by some. And I want to just stop and say... A person's not successful because of the results. They're successful because of obedience. We leave the results with God. And so if you've been faithful to the Lord, whether you see the fruit of it or not, God will honor you for that. But Haggai saw fruit. Uh, He saw results from his ministry. He's one of the last three writing prophets. Uh, This is the first of the the post-exile books. So they've just come out of Babylonian captivity. Haggai actually comes back with Zerubbabel in the first return. And Haggai chapter 1 verse 1 tells us this is in the second year of Darius. He's a companion to Zechariah and both of these men will concentrate on the temple being rebuilt. You remember that I said to you that the last three historical books and the last three prophetic books go together. They should be studied alongside one another. And so this book should be studied alongside of Ezra because Haggai is seeing the people return and things starting to be rebuilt. Now when you come to the book itself of Haggai, two years have have basically elapsed since their return. And don't you know, though they've returned from captivity, there's going to be opposition. Friend, getting right with God isn't the end of the battle. As a matter of fact, the devil's going to fight you harder than ever. And that's what happened to them. They get back, they start working on the temple, and a group of Samaritans begin to oppose them. And so they stop building. Let me just tell you, that's what the devil wants you to do today. Stop. Just quit. Just give up on it. And that's what they did. Fourteen years, not a hammer was swung, not a stone was set, nothing was done. The foundation of the temple has been laid, but now it's grown over with moss and weeds are growing up through cracks. It's just sitting there. It's incomplete. Oh, so many believers have started uh, their spiritual construction, but they've stopped. They've gotten detoured or delayed or discouraged somewhere along the way. And so it's in that context that God raises up Haggai with four sermons. In four months, he preaches four sermons. Each one of them is dated for us. You can read them in Haggai chapter 1, Haggai chapter 2. And uh, it's fascinating to me. Basically, Haggai preached against four things. In his first sermon, he preached about the danger of waiting when we should be working. They were waiting on some sign to build. He said, you don't need a sign, just do it. Obey God. And then the second sermon, he preached on the danger of lamenting the past and missing the present. They were sorrowing over the destruction of the past temple. God said, let's build a new one. It was G. Campbell Morgan that said, it's impossible to unlock the present with the rusty key of the past. So many people bogged down in their past and they're missing their present. The third sermon, he preached on the danger of seeing only the material and neglecting the supernatural. 
Now, they could see the work that needed to be done, but they missed the fact that God had resources that would help them get it done. The Lord was behind all of this. And then the fourth sermon was the danger of recognizing who is against us and forgetting who's for us. They were concentrating on the opposition and forgetting that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't know about you, I think that sounds like a pretty good sermon series. Four great sermons in the book of Haggai and ones that are very timely for us today. But let me bring you in this lesson to one verse. It's the key verse of the book. It's found in Haggai chapter 1 and verse number 8 where the Bible says, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. And that's it. Build the house. May I ask you, you've not been called on to build the temple, but what is God calling on you to build today? What in your own life needs to be built up? What in your home needs to be built up? What in the work of the Lord needs to be built up? And God says, I've got a building project for you. I've got something I want you to do for me. We learn three great lessons in this one verse. First, we learn something about the priority of the work of God. You see, these people were living in their own houses. Oh, they finished their house. They just didn't finish God's house. The priority is this. You take care of what God has given you to do and God will take care of you. Look, don't concentrate on your needs first. Concentrate on His command. Jesus said it this way, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The priority of the work of God. Then there's a principle of the work of God. What's the principle of the work of God? It's going to take some work. <laughs> That's right. The work of God, somebody's got to work it. He said, I want you to go up. I want you to bring wood. I want you to go to the mountain, get the resources, and build the house. And remember, if you'll take care of what God has given you to do, God will meet your need. You don't have to, you don't have to wonder if God's going to do His part. He always does His part. But we must do ours. So many people today sitting around waiting on God to do something. Has it ever dawned on you that maybe God's waiting on us? Maybe God's waiting on us to take the next step of obedience, to do the last thing He told us to do. That's the principle of the work of God. And then don't miss it, there's the purpose of the work of God. And what is His purpose? His glory and His pleasure. It's not about accomplishing something for us or making a name for ourselves. Listen to God's closing promise, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Friend, God deserves to be pleased today. God deserves to be glorified today. He wants His work to move forward. Build the house. One of the beautiful things about this book, you remember it's concentrating on the temple. Well, the Bible says that someday the desire of all nations would come. Guess who the desire of all nations is? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in this book that the glory of this latter house would be greater than the former house. Now, let me just tell you, this temple they're going to build is nothing like Solomon's temple. As far as glory and splendor, there was no comparison, and they understood that. So how could God say that the glory of the latter house would be greater than the glory of the former house? Do you understand that it is this same temple that Christ Himself would walk into? God in the flesh would stand in this temple and preach peace to the people of God. This was the temple that God would visit not only in spirit but in flesh. This was the temple Christ Himself would walk into. May I just say to you, when we begin to obey God, when we build the house, when we do what God has told us to do, God says, I'll show up. I'll do what only I can do. 
And did you know that Zerubbabel himself is actually in the Messianic line? He's actually at the very center of the Messianic line. You see, all of the Old Testament serves as a pointer. It leads not to a thing but to a person. Christ is coming. The Lord Jesus is coming. And friend, as surely as He came the first time, He's coming the second time. When He comes again, do you know what I want Him to find in my life? I want Him to find me busy working for Him, building the house, doing the thing that He told me to do. And so I want to leave you today with this one personal question. Only you can answer, and you must answer it between you and God. What is the thing God has given you to do? What is the thing the Holy Spirit has prompted you to take action on? Whatever it is, Stop sitting around waiting on Him to do something more. Stop waiting on some sign from God. Get up and build the house. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.